with you. And with A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary, who sat beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. Martha, burdened with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha. You are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. My homiletics professor said to never begin a homily with introductions unless you're new, and I only see a few people I know, so forgive me, Lord, for the pleasantries. My name is Father Corey Bruns, and I'm the parochial vicar of St. Joseph Church in Bowling Green. I'm grateful to Father Augusti for the invitation to join you all this evening as we begin our three evenings together for these 40 hours of Eucharistic devotion. The 40 hours devotion comes from the number of hours, according to tradition, that our Lord spent in the tomb, the time during which our Lord harrowed hell. That's not hell with Satan, but that's the hell of the forefathers, where Abraham and all of those fathers and mothers in faith resided. This is a grace time for your parish, because our Eucharistic Lord wishes to pour many graces and blessings into your hearts and your lives these coming hours. And in a way, we might say that Christ, in fact, wants to harrow the parish of St. Mary Magdalene during these 40 hours. He wants to turn up the people in and outside of your pews. He wants to plow the fertile fields of St. Mary Magdalene and Sargo so that you might be ripe for his harvest. But the Lord is a gentle farmer. He's not going to harrow you without your permission. You have to allow him to do so. So allow yourselves to be harrowed, to be plowed these coming nights by the Lord. Allow the Lord to reach in and to touch your heart, to claim you once more as his own, and to pour out his abundant grace into your life. And we don't want to do this alone. The harvest is abundant, the Lord says, but the laborers are few. So look around. Ask the Lord for help. And if you gain something through the words of this crazy priest preaching, then see who's not here and invite them to come and join us tomorrow night. After all, it's a Monday night. Netflix can wait. There's not much going on in Owensboro or Sargo on a Monday. So a little bit of a game plan. I'd like to reflect with you all on three main themes over the next three nights. Three main points to help us live out our Eucharistic faith, especially as we begin this three-year process of Eucharistic revival within the United States. So tonight we're going to examine how we are receptive to the Lord and how we are called to reject the lie that our world and Satan give us. Tomorrow night, we're going to discover the mysterious reason that we build Catholic churches. We've all heard the saying, I'm spiritual but not religious. I don't need a church. The church is the people, not the building. Well, that's a bunch of baloney. And tomorrow night, I'm going to talk about why. And then finally, on Tuesday night, we're going to talk about how we live the truth of that gift that we have received out in our world. Now, if you listened to the gospel I read just a few moments ago and you weren't sleeping this morning, you'll recall that you heard it once before at Mass. 
It's too good of a gospel not to preach on twice. In fact, this is my fourth time preaching on it today, but don't worry, my other homilies were in Spanish, so this will be something new for everyone. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. There is need of only one thing. It's easy for us to become distracted, is it not? Some of you are still thinking about tomorrow night and what the three topics were. Don't do that. If we look at the world around us, we can easily become lost in the din and the noise of our secular world. Everything cries out for our attention. If you buy this pillow, you'll sleep better. If you own this car, you won't pay so much at the gas pump. If you eat these six vegetables, you'll shed weight and be ripped like me. Well, not like me, but the guy on TV. If you wear this cologne, you'll easily find a girlfriend. Come to this store, listen to this music, fill your time and your days with this and that. Be busy, 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 busy. And then before too long, there we are, living life to the fullest, enjoying ourselves, taking the kids to their soccer game, going to the beach, drinking at the bar, hosting parties, hanging with friends and family, getting and staying busy, 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 busy. And slowly, ever so slowly, something changes in our week. We stay up a little too late Saturday night and decide we'll just sleep in on Sunday morning. We go on a weekend vacation and forget to find a church and mass time to attend because, heavens, I couldn't possibly separate myself from Facebook or Instagram and do a quick Google search for the nearest Catholic church. We wear ourselves out in that evening time of reading the daily readings and praying and reflecting with our Lord in our armchair before bed quickly disappears because, you see, our calendar is full. I struggle to get everything done that I need to during the day. Life is just far too busy. I have to do this. If I don't, the people I work with will think less of me. If I don't bring my family to this thing, then what will the other moms say about us? We're on vacation. Surely it's okay to take a break and sleep in. We need to rest. You are anxious and worried about many things. There is need, however, of only one thing. One thing. Only one thing that we need. Friends, if you've bought into the lie that the one thing you need is something that only this world can give you, it's not. This world alone cannot give you the one thing that you need. If you've bought into the lie that what other people say or think about you going to church on vacation versus sleeping in and enjoying your time off is more important, they're not your real friends and you need better ones. Get rid of the lie. If you've bought into the lie that you have to look this way or dress like that or drive this car or have shiplapped walls or an air fryer in order to find happiness, get rid of the lie. If you've bought into the lie that the church is full of a bunch of men who mindlessly make rules and regulations to deny people communion or that they hate love because they say that marriage is between a man and a woman or that the bride of Christ has no right to say that abortion isn't a reproductive right but rather that it's murder or that the death penalty is murder or that assisted suicide is murder, Get rid of the lie. If you've fallen into the lie that says I can have whatever I want when I want it because pleasure and my personal happiness are the most important things of my life, get rid of the lie. If you've fallen into lust, into temptation, gluttony, greed, sloth, envy, if you struggle to forgive, if you can't forgive, if you hate this person or that politician, if you're the town gossip, if you're the lowest of the low of the low, get rid of the lie. If you're anxious and worried about many things like so many in our world are, then friends, get rid of the lie. Give that burden over to the Lord tonight. Give that weight, that worrisome thing to the Lord and sit here at his feet 
to be refreshed, to be renewed. Our world is full of lies because Satan, the father of lies, wants you to live the lie. He wants you to be busy, busy, busy. He wants you to be burdened. He wants you to be anxious. He wants you to think that no one loves or cares about you because when he has you swamped and smothered uh, with the pleasures and the delights, the sins and temptations of this world, then he has control because then you're too busy for the Lord. Then there is too much for you to be able to do it all. Then what the world promises you seems to be true. The pleasures of this life become the focus because you're not receiving what you need to stay healthy. And so what normally gets cut first? The relationship with the one who loved you into being. The relationship with the one who knit you together in your mother's womb. Who knows the number or even lack thereof of the hair on your head. The relationship with the only one who can promise you true freedom and abundant life. The psalmist reminds us in Psalm 27 of David, One thing I ask of the Lord. This I seek, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the Lord's beauty, to visit his temple. One thing I need, one thing you need, one thing we need, to seek the face of the Lord, to dwell within his house, to gaze upon the beauty of his face in prayer, to visit his temple. In other words, friends, we need God. We need adoration. We need this 40 hours. We need to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. We need to turn towards him to seek him. If we are going to be able to get rid of the lies that this world gives us, then we must turn to him daily. We must seek his face daily. If we're going to find freedom, peace, authentic self-worth, authentic identity, then we must turn to the Lord. Seek the face of the Lord and you will live. Friends, our world gives us lies each and every day, but the truth exists here in the middle of the booming yet quiet metropolis of Sargo, Kentucky. Because here in these sandstone walls of this church, we encounter the living God. We encounter the true God. We encounter the God who remains with us and leads us constantly to the truth, constantly deeper and deeper into his sacred heart. There's a story that there was once a mother who would get her daughter ready for school every day. And then before they would leave, she would stop. She'd place her daughter in front of her in the living room, step back. She'd look at her daughter, and she would just smile. Her daughter one day said, Mom, why do you always place me here, step back, and look at me with a smile? No one else does that. It's kind of weird. And her mother responded, Because, my daughter, I love to simply look at you. I love to see the beauty of who you are the many details you were created with, and I love to look at you and smile at who you are. Friends, our Lord does the same with us when we come before him in adoration to pray. He gazes out upon us from the monstrance, and we gaze back upon him, because he who created us loves to simply look at us, to shine the face of his countenance toward us, to sit with us in our sorrows, to listen to our joys, to simply look at us with the admiration and the joy of a parent for their child, and to smile, to smile on us with gratitude. That's what God does with us. He looks upon us when we look upon him, and he smiles, and he rejoices. So how can we become more receptive to the Lord? 
How can we give ourselves over to him, open ourselves to him, and allow him to look upon us? Through silence. Our world is noisy. We have lots of noise. That's one of the greatest lies, though, that Satan gives us. Noise. Because when we hear only the world, then we can't hear God very well. Which is all the more reason why you and I need this remedy of silence. We need to spend time each day to sit and to simply be. But we have those crutches that hold us back. Those little phone devices we have glued to our heads are one of, hands are one of them. So be honest with yourself. If you're like me, sometimes you use different apps on your phone to aid your prayer. I use iBreviary all the time. I usually write my homily notes out on my iPad. So what do I do to avoid clicking on Facebook or browsing Twitter? Well, if you're an Android user, you're on your own. But if you use an iPhone, they have a wonderful Do Not Disturb feature where you can set your own parameters. So on my phone, I have a special setting I put it on for prayer, and everything gets blocked. Nothing gets through, no notifications, only calls or texts from my pastor, though, because he gets notifications for the hospital, and I'm the one who goes, but that's another story. The point is, however, though, I have to be intentional about limiting the noise, limiting what noise I'm bringing with me when I enter into prayer. So silence notifications, silence your heart. Invite the Holy Spirit to enter into your heart and to lead you further into the heart of Jesus. That's a prayer I find that I often pray. Come, Holy Spirit, and kindle the fires of your love within my heart. Lead me to the Father and the Son with whom you dwell. And then breathe. Simply exhale, get comfortable, and place yourself in a place of prayer in the presence of the Lord as one who is receptive to what the Master desires to give you. When a distraction comes, something you have to do, something you need to do, someone you need to call, jot it down on a notepad and move your mind back to prayer. Now, this takes time. It's not something that any of us can just instantly always do if we're not used to it. But we have to practice being receptive to the Lord. We have to practice placing ourselves at his feet, pouring ourselves out and receive what he wishes to give us if we're going to break through the lie of noise. Our culture says to stay busy, to fill our lives with noise, to entertain, to please, to enjoy everything. But God says to sit, to be still, to simply know that he is God. Silence is where the voice of the Lord begins to enter in. Silence is where our Lord begins to convert our hearts. Silent receptivity is where God brings us to himself and gives us the strength to go on, the strength to carry our burdens, to run the race toward heaven so as to win. So friends, if you're anxious and worried and burdened by many things, turn to him. For when we do so, we find that his yoke is indeed easy. His burden is indeed light. If you're weighed down by sin, allow his mercy and love to pour out over you in abundance. Ask him for strength in the sacrament of reconciliation. Get rid of the baggage. People come to confession all the time after 2, 10, 30 years and say, Father, I just can't get rid of this burden, this sin, this sorrow, this shame. Satan's the one who keeps them from coming. Satan is the one who keeps that sin and that pain in their life because when he consumes our lives with our sin, when all you can think about and hear is, I'm a sinner, there's no hope for me, my sin is too great, then the noise of Satan's lie has clouded your heart and he successfully made you too busy to be receptive to the mercy of our healing and loving God. But when we go to confession, 
When we give over the dirt and the baggage over to the Lord, here's where we begin to do the real work. Here's where we cast our cares onto him. Here's where we find forgiveness, mercy, peace. If you're caught in the lie of this world, don't give in. Live the truth. Live the truth that he promises you. The truth that we were made for something greater, made for something more. There is need of only one thing, to love God, to grow in relationship with him, to sit at his feet in prayer and to allow ourselves to be filled up. Friends, this world is passing away. It's easy to be a Martha, and at times we do need to be. Heavens knows I'm the king of the Martha convention. Being a Martha is where I'm comfortable, but friends, if we're going to be healthy, if we're going to be receptive Catholics, if we're going to be able to reject the lie of the noise and the busyness of this world so that we can change our world, so we can call others to come to the Lord, then we also need to have a balance in our lives. And we need to be able to be a Mary. Mary has chosen the better part, Christ says. In other words, she's chosen God. She's chosen eternal life. She's chosen heaven, and it will not be taken from her. Sitting here at his feet, listening, praying, loving, you are anxious and worried about many things. Jesus speaks to us this day. You've bought into the lie that you have to complete everything, that you have to do everything, but you don't. One of my favorite monks at St. Meinrad, Father Harry Hagen, is from Bardstown. In class on the first day, as we started with mouths gaping at the list of readings and optional readings and recommended readings and readings we should really like to read and readings if we have free time on a Saturday, he said, gentlemen, you are going to have to learn that there are some things that simply must be done and there are other things you won't be able to do. So do what you can and I, like God, will take care of the rest. That stuck with me. In life, there are some things that I'm going to have control over, but at the majority, I'm not. There's going to be things that we're able to get done that we're going to have to stress and worry about, but there are other things, things that we don't need to busy ourselves with because in the end, they're all going to be okay. So friends, over the remaining part of these 40 hours in a world of Martha's, in a world where we could easily buy into the lies of noise and busyness, let's just sit Let's just sit here at the feet of the master, quiet our hearts and our souls to be receptive to his grace, his words, and his life, and be a Mary. Let's be a Mary at the feet of the Lord throughout these 40 hours and trust that everything else will get done eventually. Let's silence the voice of the one who speaks the lie of noise and busyness and pleasure and sloth into our lives so we can hear the voice of the one who calmed the stormy seas. So we can hear him say, you are anxious and worried, yes, about many things. However, there is a need of only one thing, one thing, to sit in the Lord's presence, in the peace of his house, to behold the beauty of his face, to sit here and be a Mary, to sit here in the midst of the noise and busyness of this life, to reject the lie so that brothers and sisters, you and I might truly live.